series on gratitude, and I pray that you've been able to be with us these many weeks now, these three weeks, and uh, I pray that you've enjoyed the time together in God's Word. I also pray that you have grown in your habit of thankfulness and gratitude, that you have found yourself being thankful instead of complaining, choosing to be thankful instead of worrying. Um, And I always love how God gives us practical examples and practical opportunities to apply that, Um, even as we go through the daily life of coming into here and worshiping. Um, there's so many times we can have other things distract us and, and get us off track. And I know that happens to me quite often. And so we have to pause and reflect and be thankful for the things the Lord is doing. And so I pray that you've enjoyed that time together in his word. Uh, if you've missed any of our series up to this point, maybe you've been out of town with family, friends, hunting, all those kind of good things. If you've missed any of the three-week series so far, you can go on our app or our website. You'll find everything on there. You can definitely go back and catch up and watch those services back, and I pray it'd be a, a blessing to you. Um, to begin with this series, we've been looking at one text to kind of start every message. And so I'd like to do that again. So if you have a copy of God's Word, and I pray that you do, go ahead and turn to or scroll to whichever way you're going to get there. First Thessalonians chapter 5. So First Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, if you don't have a copy of God's Word and you would like to use one of the Bibles and the seats there around you, there's a copy of God's Word there. Uh, you can pull one of those out, those Bibles out there. And if you're using one of those, you can just turn to page 834. So if you're using one of the Bibles provided, you can just turn to page 834, and that's going to take you to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we're going to begin in just a moment with this passage, this verse. And again, this verse is kind of been our base text for the whole series. This has kind of been the springboard we've been using to kind of get a right mindset around this idea of thankfulness and gratitude and being thankful beyond just one day of the year, but developing a habit of gratitude throughout the whole year where we're learning and seeking the Lord's will to be thankful. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, and again, if you're using a Bible provided, page 834, let's look at God's word this morning. It says here in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks. And again, that sounds impossible. That sounds unachievable. There's no way that I could possibly give thanks for everything. Now, I can give thanks for some things. I can give thanks for the things that I deem good or I deem beneficial or I see as fruitful. But in everything, give thanks. And we can't stop there. He goes on, the the Apostle Paul, writing to the church. He says this, not only give thanks in everything, why should we give thanks in everything? What's our motivation? What drives us to have that kind of mindset, that kind of attitude? Well, it's a desire to submit to God's will as a follower of Christ. We as a follower of Christ, we've received Christ as our Lord and Savior, as we sang about this today in our worship set, that coming to Christ is not through religious gatherings like this. It's not through going to church. It's not by being a good person or doing good things or being moral or giving large tithe checks or, or feeding the poor. Those are all good things and fine things to do. But none of those things in and of themselves bring eternal life. You see, we don't gain heaven because we were good enough. 
In fact, we were so incapable of gaining heaven through our good works, we could not keep the law of God. And in fact, we went the opposite direction and we've broken every commandment of God's law that God himself sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on a cross after living a sinless life. After being born of a virgin, he died on that wretched cross. His blood was shed and then he was buried and rose again. And anyone, anyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ will be saved. See, that's the gospel. And it's such good news because without the gospel, we have to do it. But we can't. Because what good work is good enough to cover your sin? What could you possibly do that's good enough to outweigh your sin when our righteousness, the Bible says, in the face of God, in the presence of God, the the book of Isaiah says it like this, that when we present our righteousness symbolically as a gift to God, as a present. Now here in just a few weeks, we're going to be exchanging some presents. It's all good. Give presents, receive presents. It's all good. Have fun with it. Enjoy it. Don't stress stress out about it. Have fun with it. Okay? Wrap them up, make them look nice, enjoy the time of giving gifts. Because what a great way to to demonstrate giving grace to someone as though when we give a gift to someone. And so we wrap up our righteous works, we make it look real nice, we give it to God and we go, there it is. That's it. Man, it looks good. It's my best 10 minutes right there. I, I helped somebody across the street, fed a poor person, and... I ministered to someone that was in need. I did it all like in 10 minutes. It was great. It was the best 10 minutes. I had pure thoughts. Everything was great. There it is. Do you know the Bible says that God opening that gift, the very smell of our pride, our arrogance, and our good works causes him want to, to want to vomit and to want to throw up. And that's our good works. That's the things that we think are pleasing to God. You see, we can't do enough good because we start off sinful. Our very hearts are wicked. But oh, praise God for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That he came to us. And he offers to us, to anyone. It doesn't matter. Well, you don't know what I've done. No, but he does. And he still extends his love and grace to you if you'll receive him as Lord and Savior. He says, no, anyone can come. Anyone can receive eternal life. And so if you're here today and you've never placed your faith in Christ, I'm not asking if you've been baptized, which we're going to celebrate in just a little bit here. That's an amazing thing to do. But baptism comes after faith, not before. Baptism is a profession of what we've already believed in Jesus Christ, not to earn us some level of salvation or merit with God. And so baptism is amazing, but But that's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking this. Have you personally, for yourself, not your parents, not your family, you personally, have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of your sins and for the hope of eternal life? If you would say, I don't know, then my encouragement to you is, would you begin to just seek him right now? And say, Lord, would you make it clear to me what I need to do? Would you draw me to repentance that I would understand that I need to turn from my sin and trust in Christ? And once we've done that, once we've become a follower of Christ by the work of God in us, now we have an option. We have a choice to make. Now he says, I invite you into being a follower of Christ. Now I don't have to give into that sinful past that I used to give into. Now I'm not victim to sin. Now I can walk in Christ because he's given me the Holy Spirit within me and the word of God uh, before me that now I can walk in this relationship with Christ and I can submit to his will. His will. 
And now people say, well, yeah, but his will will be done anyway. Yes, it will. But I desire to submit to it so that I might see him glorified through me. And that's what it means to be a follower of Christ. We're submitting to him. And Paul says, if you know Christ, this is written to the church, you can give thanks in everything. And you can make a choice to submit. He says this, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The reason I needed to unpack the gospel and really just explain that is because that's what that little phrase, in Christ Jesus, means. That means you're in Christ. You've received the gospel. And I don't want anyone here to think, well, yeah, but I'm, I'm in Christ because my mom and dad are Christian. Or I'm in Christ because I go to church. Or I'm in Christ because of fill in the blank. No, no, no. You're only in Christ if you've received Christ. If you know him and even greater that he knows you. Paul says that in Galatians. And so here we see the, the invitation is simple. You can give thanks for everything. But again, this is so difficult to, to apply. But the truth is, it's not impossible. Because we have the Spirit of God in us and the Word of God before us. He can give us the wisdom and the discernment to be thankful in all things. Even the things that we do not initially see as good or beneficial. This morning, as we're wrapping up this series, I'm wanting to develop a habit of gratitude for those that God has brought into our lives. We're asking the Lord to give us a habit of gratitude specifically for those that the Lord has brought into our lives. We want to be thankful for those that the Lord has brought into our lives. We all have friends and family members that if we're being honest... Now, I know you're thinking, we just celebrated Thanksgiving. We're coming into Christmas. Lots of family time. Let's be real for a minute, okay? It's church. You've got to be honest. It's church. I've always loved that. You shouldn't lie in church. Well, you shouldn't lie anywhere. <laughs> but somehow when you walk in the doors, now, mm, can't lie. I'm in, I'm in the building. I can't tell a lie. If we're being honest, we love our family. We love our close friends. But our family and friends can be stressful, tiring, wearisome. Amen? Any, anyone agree? Anyone been there? You love your family. You do. But if you're being honest, it's hard to always be thankful for your family because you kind of you go through seasons with your family and you're like, really? Again with this? Like, what are we doing? And it stresses you out and it can wear on you and it can make make, just wear you out and make you tired. However, I believe that while we may not agree with them on things that they believe, we may not even share the same values or the same worldview, we can be thankful for them. I want to look at a passage that simply summarizes this series, this whole series, and again shows us how we can be thankful for the people who come into our lives. Go back just one book in the New Testament. So you're in 1 Thessalonians. Go back to your left, one book, the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Now, if you're, if you're new to Christianity, if you're new to the word of God, these books might sound very weird to you or foreign to you. Thessalonians, Colossians. These are just letters that were written by the Apostle Paul, who was a early missionary in the Christian church. And he wrote these letters to specific churches. 
And so the letter to the Colossians is a letter to a church in a city in an area called Colossae. And so the Colossians would live in that area. Thessalonians is a letter to those that lived in a city of Thessalonica. So again, these are just cities that were given these names. And then these are the people that lived within those cities, the churches specifically that lived within these areas. And so Paul's writing here to the church. And again, he's trying to be encouraging. These are encouraging things. But look at verses 16 and 17. So Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. So this is going to kind of summarize our whole series, but help us also to be thankful for those the Lord has brought into our lives. It says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another, in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And here's that verse that so many of us have memorized or heard read or we've tried to live out. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Let's pray. I know Pastor Greg prayed, but let's pray and ask the Lord to affirm these things. Father, we come before you today, Lord, just a hungry people wanting to hear from you. Lord, we will not be filled by man's opinions by man's ideas, but we will be filled by the word of God this morning. And we can be satisfied in you and in your truth. And Lord, I know that it's difficult to be thankful for the people that you bring into our lives. Lord, some of them are are beneficial to us and some of them are encouraging to us and, and love us and express that love in so many ways. And it's easy, if we're being honest, to be thankful for those people. But Lord, it's the people you bring into our lives that are, honestly, that are difficult. That disagree with us on things, that argumentative, that want to fight and, and, and just focus on the, these minor things. And, and Lord, if we're being honest, in our culture today, that seems to be the main line thinking in our culture. That, that everyone is just so embittered towards one another and there's so much animosity and and disagreement in politics and and opinions and but lord you call your church to something greater that we should not be consumed with the things of the world we should not be finding ourselves thinking and acting and responding like the world does and not that the church is any better than anyone in the world it's just we in christ have an opportunity to be called to something greater something fuller because we have your word and we have your spirit And there's no one better than anyone else. Just because somebody's in Christ doesn't make them better than somebody who is not. We merely have received Christ as our Lord and Savior, and so we have that knowledge and that ability to live in a way that honors you. But we all need grace. We all need forgiveness. Before and after, we are followers of Christ. And so, Lord, would you help us in this understanding of your word that we would live in a way that would be thankful in all things, including those that you've allowed to come into our lives. And so, Father, would you give us your wisdom and your discernment and all these things for your glory, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul starts here with a key that we cannot skip over. There's a key in this passage that must be understood. Just as he preceded the call in 1 Thessalonians of being thankful in all things, as we talked about in our first week with the foundation of prayer, here he begins with an admonition to us, an encouragement to us with the call to abiding in the word, which means abiding 
in Christ, John 15 and verse 7. And so here we see this invitation. Yes, we should be thankful and give thanks in all things. But verse 16 is a key we cannot skip over because the only way we can apply verse 17 is if we're applying verse 16. And it's kind of how it works. The abiding uh, of, of us in the word, this abiding in the word of Christ is giving us the idea of abiding through Christ, in Christ, enduring with Christ that will lead to many benefits in our lives and in the life of the church. The passage lays it out for us. What are these benefits that come from dwelling in the word to allowing the word to dwell in us? Well, Paul tells us this will lead to wisdom. This will lead to teaching, right teaching, encouragement, the right kind of heart and worshiping together and also being thankful for one another. Paul says, and whatever you do, give thanks. And that means in our interactions with others, how we speak to and about each other, and how we think of one another. So I'm not going to have you raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to, to stand up and testify or anything. But I just want you to think about this for a moment. If you were honest between you and God right now, would you say honestly that you, in the way you think of others, speak about others, speak to others, express thankfulness for them? Or would you say, it depends on the person? I think most of us would say, my heart is I want that to be true, but it depends on the person. But again, we don't have to live in that kind of way of thinking. We are called to something greater in Christ. Now, I do want to encourage you, if you would like to take notes or follow along, we do have some notes available on our app. You can download your or on your device, so you can download our app, North Goodland BC, in your app store. There's a section there that's media, messages, and then you'll find today's date if you'd like to follow along. And the main points and some of the scriptures will be in those notes. If you're not able to do that this morning or not interested in doing that, and you would just like a copy of my notes, I would love to send that to you as a way to be an encouragement to you in your walk with Christ. But I want to walk through this this morning. I truly believe that, that there's a reason that we can be thankful for others. Number one, it's because what? We need to submit to his will and be thankful for everything. But beyond that, I believe that we can be thankful, to, uh, be thankful to God for others because God has placed them there for a purpose. Like I, I believe we can be thankful to God for the people in our lives because God has placed them in your life for a purpose. They're there for a reason. And again, we have to ask ourselves, do we really believe that? Do we practically believe that as followers of Christ? That every single person that crosses our path has been placed in our lives for the purposes of God. This includes difficult people. Those that we have grown close to as friends. People that have hurt us, betrayed us, blessed us, and served us, prayed for us, honored us, gossiped about us. And the list goes on and on. It doesn't matter what the interaction was with them. And I'm not saying it's okay that people hurt us. Those things need to be dealt with. What I'm saying is in those interactions, in those relationships, God is using that to achieve a purpose. God is working in that. I'm not saying it's okay that we hurt one another or say hurtful things. Of course not. We should repent and turn from those things and strive to say things that please the Lord and how we speak to each other. By the way, that starts at home. Okay? So if you're married today, how you speak to your spouse behind closed doors matters. 
It's not just about what you say out when everyone else is watching and looking and, oh, they're such a great couple and blah, blah, blah. It's behind closed doors. How are we speaking to one another? How do we speak about our family and our friends? How do we speak about our children? I had a chance this week to talk with someone and they were sharing just some concerns about just some things with one of their children. They were just like, man, I just don't know. It's just like, he's just not getting it. And, he, and she described this child as a Peter before he really got his life together. You know, just kind of ultimatums and kind of I'm in charge and aggressive and boastful and all that. And I said, man, you know what I hear when someone says their child's like a Peter? I hear, man, what a great potential leader in Christ you have. But see, if we're not careful, we can so zero in on those, on those negative things. By the way, if you have someone in your life that is difficult to deal with, that always seems to have something going on, maybe God is leading you to understand how you can be a blessing to them, an encouragement to them, to help them through whatever they're going through. I find a lot of times people who are difficult to live with or people who are difficult to interact with, usually it's because they've got something going on that they don't know how to deal with and they're struggling And we sometimes just think about how it affects us and how it inconveniences us. But the truth is, God has placed those people in your life for a purpose. If we truly believe what Paul wrote in Romans 8 and verse 28, that all things work together for good, then we can be thankful. The purpose is to make us more like Christ for his glory and our blessing. And if that's true, that God is doing that, he's using all things that includes our relationships to make us more like Christ, then we can be thankful for those individuals. Of course, we must acknowledge that this is impossible on our own. In our own flesh, in our own understanding, we would rather get even or get revenge than express gratitude. However, remember, the strength to be thankful is found in abiding in the word of Christ and letting it dwell in you richly, according to Paul's words in Colossians. And again, this doesn't mean that when somebody in our life is affecting us in a negative way, they're they're saying or doing something that's hurting us, that we allow it to continue. That's not what I'm saying. We can sever that relationship. We can put boundaries around that relationship. What I'm saying is don't automatically assume because it was a negative interaction that somehow I can't be thankful for that, that God can't use this for his glory and our blessing. If we believe all things, then we believe all things work together. It's not all things, and then we change it to mean some things that I determine to be good things. No, all of it is drawing us to a closeness to Christ. That phrase there in Colossians chapter 3, in verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I love that phrase, dwell in you richly. This carries the idea of wealth and abundance. The, the more literal translation means to be filled so that's when it says, drawing you richly. Somebody who's rich, they're, they're full of wealth. They're full of abundance. Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you to the point of overflowing. It's just, it's filling you in all things. And as you allow that to happen, as God's working in you, what will happen? Now we'll have wisdom. And I love that he starts there. He says, let it dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And that's the foundation of what we do as a follower of Christ. We want his wisdom, his understanding, so that I'll discern that I can be thankful. Paul says the word of Christ, this includes both his teachings, Christ's teachings in the gospel, and the continuation of that teaching through the apostles should fill us to the point of abundance, overflowing in our hearts and minds, which will lead to what? Thankfulness for one another. 
Do you see how Paul transitions from this idea of being the word of Christ dwelling in us, giving us wisdom, encouragement, teaching us, and then it leads to worshiping together. Do you see that there in verse 16? That it says they're admonishing one another, so encouraging one another in psalms and in worship. And we said it last week, worship is an expression of our gratitude to the Lord. When we gather together for worship, we're admonishing one another in the word of God. We're encouraging one another and strengthening one another through this understanding. And we're thankful for one another. You see, we're thankful to the Lord because God has placed them there for a reason. I'm thankful for the people that God has brought into my life because he's put them there for a reason. There's a purpose there. But also I believe that we're thankful to the Lord for others because God strengthens us through them. That God strengthens us through them. It is amazing to me how God brings us strength and encouragement through others in the church as well as in our everyday lives. I mean, just think for a moment. Let's just... Practical application. I want you to kind of engage here a little bit. Just think for a moment. You don't need to raise your hand again or anything like that, but just think for a moment. Who is somebody that this week was a blessing to you that strengthened you in a time of discouragement? Who was it that, that maybe gave that text or that call or that simple word of encouragement? Maybe it wasn't this week. Maybe it was the last month or so that there was somebody that, that just was an encouragement to you and it strengthened you. It gave you the confidence to move forward and maybe something that God was leading you in or, or confidence to do what God is calling you to do or, or maybe to change your attitude in the course of a day. You see, words are so powerful. It's amazing to me that I could have somebody say one word to me this morning, one word of criticism or negativity, and all of a sudden I can go the rest of the day dwelling on that one word, discouraged, disappointed, forgetting all the things that God had done. Or someone can give me a word of encouragement today. And if I allow it to, it'll strengthen me. It'll encourage me. It'll give me that ability to have a confidence that, you know, Lord, you are good and you are working, even though these things aren't going as I hoped. You see, the apostle Paul understood this and the vital role that others played in this life in his life specifically, and in his ministry. You see, the Apostle Paul understood that there are people that God brings into our lives for the purpose of strengthening us. And we don't need to turn there for time's sake, but I encourage you to do it sometime today or this week. Romans chapter 16, if you really read Romans chapter 16, it's literally Paul just thanking a bunch of people. It's Paul saying, I'm so thankful for this person and that person and this person and this situation and this person and how they do this and they do that. And what's amazing is some of those people, we have no idea what they did. We don't know how they helped Paul. We don't know how they helped the ministry. Sometimes their name is just listed. But we can tell from that chapter that Paul was so thankful for others that God has placed in his life. Why? Because he was strengthened in the ministry by them. I love what one commentary says about this. Romans 16 is a unique and remarkable chapter. Even among Paul's writings, it's unique. And Warren Wiersbe said this about this chapter, and I love this. In it, in Romans chapter 16, Paul greeted at least 26 people by name, as well as two unnamed saints. And he also greeted several churches that were meeting in homes at the time. He closed with greetings from nine believers who were with him in Corinth when he wrote the letter 
of Romans. He names 26 individuals. He references two unnamed saints. And he lists some churches that were all vital in what he was doing. And when we hear the Apostle Paul, we go, man, what a great missionary. Man, the Apostle Paul, he, he wrote a third of the New Testament. Right? He established all these churches. Acts chapter 16, we see the first European convert coming to Christ in Lydia. Paul was involved in that. He traveled over 10,000 miles by foot, preaching the gospel, was imprisoned, shipwrecked, all that he went through. And we think, man, now that was a man of God who did great things. And he says, the only reason I'm able to do these things is because of God in me by the work of the Holy Spirit and the church and support that God has put around me. He specifically says, would you pray for me? He tells the church, would you pray for me that I'll have the boldness to say what I should say? He had to ask for prayer from the church so he would preach what he should preach. And we forget that so often. We see the man or the woman that's doing great things for God and we think, man, I wish I could be like them. Listen, God's not calling you to be like them, but God may be calling you to be that support system for them. To cheer them on and encourage them and pray for them and be thankful for them and express thanks to them. You see, this makes it clear that the Apostle Paul understood the value and need of being thankful for others. He understood that the Christian life is not an isolated life. And I don't know about you, but I need that reminder every week. That the Christian life is not an isolated life. We're meant to live in community through the local church of encouraging one another and being thankful for one another. We've experienced this as well. You've experienced this where people have strengthened you and encouraged you. This last week and a half, I experienced this personally where, and this happens often, I'm so blessed and and we're so blessed with a great church. Amen. This is an amazing place to worship, an amazing place to serve. I could not imagine being anywhere else. Honestly, my prayer is that the Lord will allow me to retire from this ministry because I greatly love this church. Come that came to Christ in the youth ministry here. Love what God is doing in our church. I'm just so thankful. And so this isn't an abnormal thing, but this last week and a half, I got a card that arrived on my desk and, and I want to share it with you. And I, I don't know who wrote it. It's just addressed of uh, with love the church. So somebody wrote this and you all got credit for it. So good job. Way to go. And I was able to take a screenshot of this and send it to our board of trustees and deacons and, and, and prayerfully be an encouragement to them. And I can tell you from their response, they were greatly encouraged by this. But this showed up on my desk about a week and a half ago. Listen to what it says. To the leaders, deacons, and pastors of NGBC. This is just a short note to thank you for every decision you make on behalf of the congregation and in the heart of glorifying our Heavenly Father. I know you probably don't hear it often, but even if the words are not spoken, we love and appreciate all you do and that attitude and, and that attitude and grace in which you do your job with love, the church. Man, that's right there. I was, I was all day. I was like, what? What do you got to bring on? I can take it on. Let's go. Like, I was like, let's do this thing. That's fired me up. Why? Not because it was an emotional thing, because it reminds me that we are not alone. Listen, if you're here today and you're struggling in a sin situation, you're not alone. Now, I'm not going to have anybody raise their hand, but I guarantee you, you look left, you look right down the aisle behind you, in front of you, there's followers of Christ that are struggling in sin, just like you. 
There are believers today that are struggling and, man, God, what do you have for me? What do you want from me? Am I really doing what you want me to do? And how do I make this decision? We're all in this thing together. And some are a little farther on in their journey than others. Some have been saved a little longer, studied a little longer. They know a little more head knowledge and heart knowledge and God has transformed them. But they're not better than the one that was just saved. It's just God has brought them to a different place in their journey. And guess what? We need everybody involved to be the church. Why? Because God has put you in this building, in this body for a purpose and a reason. And again, I want to encourage you. Let's be thankful for one another. Let's not complain about one another. Let's not, let's not whine about one another or what God may or may not be doing in someone's life. Let's be thankful that God has given us opportunity to make a difference in someone's life by just expressing thankfulness. And I, I, again, I, w- I want to encourage you. How can you do that this week? How can you be thankful for someone in your life? Do you recognize how God can and will use them in your life for his purpose to strengthen you in Christ? I know what you're thinking, but preacher, you don't know what they did. I understand it hurt and it was a betrayal and it was wrong, but they betrayed Christ. They betrayed the apostles and God used that to strengthen them for the cause of Christ. If we keep our mind and our eyes on Christ, he can use those things for his glory and our blessing. How can you encourage someone this week? How can you share thankfulness with them? So the Lord can use you to strengthen and bless them. I'm so thankful at this time. We're going to do things a little bit different as we end our service today. But I'm so thankful to have the Edgertons with us. We all good? The kids are good in here? Yep. Okay. I'm going to have Andrew and Brittany join me up here with the kids. Uh, I'm so thankful. And again, as we talk about being thankful for one another, uh, one of the things that we want to do as a church is encourage families as they walk with Christ and encourage them in their journey with Christ. And so we're so thankful. No, over here, guys. She's like, also, Eleanor is getting baptized this morning in just a little bit, so we're excited for that. So come on up here, guys. So we are so thankful. This is Eleanor and Cash and Bear. And Bear is being dedicated today. And so we're so thankful to celebrate with them. And so um, a couple comments were made about maybe the age of bear, but that's okay. That's okay. We're good. We're good. Andrew was like, man, we really dropped the ball. And no, not at all. Not at all. We're excited to walk with you guys to encourage you guys. And so here at North Goodland, when we talk about a a child dedication, uh, what we're saying is that we as a church want to come alongside this amazing family and encourage them through our prayers, our love and our support as they desire to raise their children in the Lord. This is not an open invitation to criticize their parenting. Amen. We're, we're not doing that. Okay. But what this is, is an opportunity to encourage them because their desire, Andrew and Brittany's desire, is to raise their children in a home that honors the Lord. And that they individually, these children, when they're able to, those that have not already, will come to Christ. And so we get to pray with them. We get to encourage them. We get to love and support them in that journey. And so we're going to do a dedication this morning. And then following the dedication, we're going to have our time of invitation. And that's give you opportunity to come and respond. And then we'll have our baptisms. And so we're so thankful for you guys. Thankful for your family for your love and support of our church. And we are excited as you guys continue to grow your family in the Lord. And so let's do this. We're going to pray. And then we'll have our our band come and have a time of invitation. But let's pray and ask the Lord to bless this amazing family and all that God has in store. And that, again, that Bear will come to know the Lord uh, one day when he is able to understand that we want to pray that he'll come to Christ. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, so much for this morning. And we thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to worship you to honor you and to lift you up. Father, we pray for the Edgerton family. 
I'm thankful so much for their friendship over the years, their love and support of this ministry, their love and support of the church family, to see them walking with Christ in such an amazing way, that they desire that their children will come to know Christ and also to follow after Christ. And so we're thankful, Lord, for Eleanor coming today to be baptized. And we're so thankful for her decision to do that. But we're also, Lord, praying that when the time is right, that Bear will come to know the Lord when he's able to understand that. And he too, and Cash as well, would follow after you as they walk with Christ. And so bless this family, Lord. Strengthen them. Give them wisdom and discernment. Help them to know what it means to be a follower of Christ. To continue to keep their eyes on you. And would you bless this family with wisdom and discernment. Thank you, Lord, that we get to do life with them. And I pray that they would be blessed by being a part of this church. And so, Father, again, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Congratulations, guys. Let's give them a hand. Amen. At this time, we're going to ask you to go ahead and stand. We're going to have a time of invitation. We want to give you an opportunity to respond to what the Lord is doing. So maybe you want to come and pray. Maybe you want to pray there in your seats, whatever the Lord is leading you in, that you'll respond to him. Are we thankful for those that God has placed in our lives, looking for God to use us to make a difference in their lives? Would you come and respond? Those being baptized, you can go ahead and come out at this time as well and go ahead and get ready during this time.